Think you hate marketing? Think again. Here on the Marketing Chat Podcast, I share practical, relatable tips to make marketing easy and fun. I'm Kelly, a marketing strategist, Squarespace website designer, and founder of the Women Podcasters Academy. I'll be breaking down big ideas into actionable steps so you can get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Today's episode is brought to you by the Women Podcasters Academy. The Academy features a full course and supportive community to help you start and grow your own podcast. You can find more information at womenpodcastersacademy.com. Today, I'm interviewing Brett Shuford about growing your business through content creation. Brett is the creative life coach. He's an openly LGBTQ working actor and the founder of the Creative Visibility Mentor Program. He has performed, produced, choreographed, and directed dozens of Broadway regional and national tours, viral videos, and television and film productions from Wicked to The Wolf of Wall Street. As a certified life coach, he helps creatives all over the world move from imposter to influencer. He has worked with colleges, universities, and corporations such as Disney and Marketing Impact Academy. His insights have been featured in leading outlets such as the Huffington Post, Backstage, the Today Show, Good Morning America, and America's Got Talent. He's also one half of the lifestyle blog Broadway Husbands with his husband, Stephen Hanna. Welcome, Brett. It's great to have you here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Kelly. Absolutely. So in addition to the things that I just read off, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Like, you know, what do you do in your business, who your clients are, anything you want to share? Well, sure. I mean, I spent 22 years living in New York City working as an actor. And uh, when the pandemic hit, I ended up through a series of events. My husband and I ended up uh, moving from Pittsburgh to Houston, um, and where now we we actually have planted roots here. I, I grew up mm. in Southeast Texas. My whole family is here, but when I left, I tell you, I left in 1997 and was like, I'm never going back. And <laughs> here we are, you know, never say never. It's yeah. 2022, and I now live in a house. We are having our first child, mm. and um, I live in a house in, in Houston. And I've been able to take a lot of what I've learned over the years of being a performer and successfully, um, you know, navigating that industry at a high level and translating that into helping entrepreneurs, especially really my vision is to help LGBTQ plus um, entrepreneurs and creatives become more visible because as we're learning even now, there is a real need for more visibility of especially people in leadership um, who identify in that area so that we can start to uh, dispel some of the mysteries and ignorance that uh, kind of plagues that community. So it's been a real passion of mine to help my community, the LGBTQ community, uh, step into a, a higher level of leadership um, not only in personal development and, and all of that space, but in, in marketing and social media and, and building their own businesses and being, you know, like I said, say influential in mm-hmm. helping change the world. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that part about helping people go from imposter to influencer. 
Thanks. I mean, we we deal with imposter syndrome so much. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really prevalent among creative people. So yeah. you found that to be the case as well? Well, it is. I mean, if you think about it, it makes total sense. It It is a an industry that has profited off of a scarcity mindset for years. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone who's... Um, anyone who's seen as a creative is seen as flaky and, you know, we're all told you're never going to make money. You're going to struggle. You're going to deal with rejection. You know, all those things that are told to us before we even pursue the industry, (laughs) right? Before we even pursue going after that creative dream, people tell you these things. You got to be a lawyer or a doctor in order to be wealthy. And it's Mm -hmm. not true. It's just not true. Um, You know, life is hard. I remember I, you know, I, I had a brief moment where I was teaching theater. Um, not my favorite thing to do. I learned, but these parents were like, how, you know, how do you deal? It must be so hard living in New York and pursuing your dream. I'm like, life is hard, honey. Like Mm -hmm. give me a break. Life is hard. And if life is going to be hard, no matter what, you might as well go for the thing you really want to do. Very true. Yeah. Very true. So what do your clients come to you for? Most of my clients come because they want to, like I say, like be seen. They want more visibility. They want Mm -hmm. to be able to make money. But Mm -hmm. the challenge is they, they deal with this imposter syndrome, this idea that if they're seen, they're especially artists, people who have maybe mm-hmm. skilled and have trained as artists are mm-hmm. afraid they're going to sell out. Oh, yes. Right? They're afraid they're going to be a sellout if they grow a social media following. They're afraid mm-hmm. they're going to betray the, the people who are high artists that they trained with are going to mm-hmm. be judging them. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. they're, yes, but how much money are they making? right? (laughs) What if you actually become seen and actually start to get paid for what it is you Mm -hmm. love to do? Mm -hmm. You can't do that if you're not building a following and, you know, you can't make an impact. You can't change the world if people don't know who you are. Yeah. So it's about helping people kind of get to a place where they can do that and not feel gross and not Mm -hmm. feel like they're selling out. Because they do see, we all see this, right? A lot of people who market themselves and their brands very poorly, right? Yep. There are a lot of people who are super aggressive and salesy about their mm-hmm. promotions. And it turns it turns that imposter on, right? It's like you see a piece of bad content and you're like, I don't want to be that. And then we yeah. all of a sudden we generally make social media that when it's like, no, actually you get to create whatever you want. It can just be a version of yourself if you want it to be. But that imposter is looking for proof always. It's always looking for a moment where you can just go, see, 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 it's gross. It's, it's icky and gross. And if you want proof, you'll find it. Yep. You're right. Our brains are looking for proof for anything and everything, but especially the negative. Mm -hmm. It just, our brains hone in on that home in on that. Yeah. More quickly than anything. Yeah. 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 So yeah. when people come to me, it's usually they have a skill, they're trained, they have maybe even a following. Mm. Maybe they have, uh, you know, a business, but they can't scale it. 
they don't know why the things that they're making aren't working. They haven't maybe done enough research and mostly they haven't figured out how to take this person that they are, this incredible artist or creative and translate that into a digital space. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's like Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth Revisited, and he talks about you need to be three people when you're an entrepreneur. The entrepreneur, who's like the visionary, the manager who essentially runs things, and then the technician, the doer, the artist, the maker. And so many people are the technician when mm. they start a business, especially, you know, a freelance business, a small business. And the technician, the the artist, the maker, you know, isn't necessarily thinking big picture. They don't necessarily know how to run things. Mm -hmm. They aren't thinking in terms of marketing and they are worried about selling out. Yep. Yeah. And I, from my point of view, so a lot of people I help who are maybe more entrepreneurial, who maybe haven't pursued a career in the arts. So that's my background, right? Having a successful career, especially in commercial theater, which I think is the perfect blend of money, <laughs> of making mm -hmm. money in business and arts. Um, but when you come from this artistic background, what I've learned in my community is that we just want to be recognized for our talent, yeah. right? There's so many yeah. actors and dancers and singers who are like, I just want to sing and people to pay right. me. And it's like, that's awesome. Yes, that would be wonderful if that could happen. And maybe you've read some story in some magazine or on Entertainment Tonight that says this person was discovered, which is total BS because that's not true. Right. Right. You know, if you look at their family line, their dad was probably in the industry or they went to Yale or, you know, so it's it's always interesting the way media spins it or the way we all sort of see things, um, our perception versus the real on the boots on the ground work. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is that there's the artists who just want to be recognized for the work and don't want to actually put themselves out there because it feels mm -hmm. scary and vulnerable. But then there's those people who are entrepreneurs and very, like you're saying, technically minded, like they're, they're, or they're, they're measuring everything. Mm -hmm. They're measuring the analytics. They're trying to figure out the algorithm. They want to find all the keywords and SEO. And you're like, but there's people on the other side of that. And you just need to connect with them and move them and touch them. And all of a sudden, if you could do that, you're going to see that the analytics will go boom, yeah. pow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So how are you helping these clients oh. do that. What, what, <laughs> what are you doing with them? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's a lot of not, things. I'm not asking you to give away your secrets. Yeah. It's a but... lot of things, but I mean, my most, the way I've, I've created it, I've created a formula that I call the create method. Okay. And that really is, um, you know, it's, it, it, what's the word? When, uh, why can't I think of it? I, I want to say alliteration is not alliteration. It's the, each letter represents. Oh, acronym. Oh my gosh, my brain. Um, I think the baby shower yesterday just like took my brain away. Um, yeah. So sorry, make a note. Acronym. Delete. Yeah. Acronym. Mm -hmm. Yep. So create method is a method I, I came up with that is an acronym and it stands for clarity, research, research, 
establish um c-r-e a uh, authority t is time management and then e is for uh, expanding and so the awesome. idea is that i use sort of an an overarching analogy in my method methodology mm -hmm. is disneyland because i'm a huge mm -hmm. disney fan but yeah. also because i believe that your brand is and anytime someone enters your sphere whether it's in-person networking following you on social media they're entering your theme park. You mm -hmm. create an immersive experience for them. And Disneyland is the epitome of the perfect theme park, right? If you walk into Disneyland, they immerse you. Sights, sounds, all the senses. And there's a reason why that that park is is been recreated all over the world, right? Yeah. So I use that as sort of a map to guide people through building their personal brand. Because it starts with Main Street and Main Street at Disneyland, you can't get to the castle without walking down Main Street. Mm -hmm. That's your only way in. And the castle is your vision. It's your goals. It's your, your life's vision. And so mm -hmm. every time someone enters your park, they need to know what that vision is. Can you imagine Disneyland without the castle? Right. You need to right. know what that is. That's the guiding mm -hmm. force that everyone comes back to. But Main Street is Walt Disney's idealized version of his childhood home in Missouri. So when you're, you don't even know you're doing this. When you're walking down Main Street, you are being immersed in Walt Disney's past, in his values, in all the windows have the names of the people who helped him build his life and career. So even the people are looking down that helped you, you're being immersed in all of that. So it starts there for me with people. It's like, know your castle, know your vision, mm -hmm. but also start to own your story, your past, mm -hmm. because it's what makes you who you are. You know, there's a lot of people who teach social media. There's a lot of people who are beautiful singers, beautiful actors, but they're not you. So right. the more you own that story and, you know, and then also choose the stories you don't want to share, you know, there might be some things you don't want to tell, but you have to consciously make those decisions in order to successfully move forward and telling your story repeatedly and building that brand. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. I love that. Thanks. That, that metaphor. Yeah. Thanks. That's really great. Mm. I mean, that doesn't make it fun, right? I mean, there's just so many mm -hmm. people who teach marketing and it just feels like a science. Yes. And it, yes. it can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really can. And you're right, turning it into something fun for other people. Because if you already love marketing, then you naturally find it fun. Totally. And like I always found in school the classes that I like, and, and I was a good student. I just, I loved learning. I loved school, but the few classes that I found difficult were the ones where the teacher answered, you know, when I said, how do you know how to do this? So like chemistry, how did you figure out how to balance the equation? She said, you just know, no lady, you don't just know. So she was entirely the wrong person to teach it. Yep. So when I'm teaching something, you know, like about marketing or branding, I, I have to put myself in their shoes, you know, the client's shoes, the, the readers, the listener shoes, whatever it's like. And the block is usually that, like you said earlier, they find it slimy. 
you know, or sleazy, I think was your word. Yeah. So we have to overcome that block. Yep. And I know that they tend not to find it fun. Y'all listening might not find it fun. <laughs> but it can be when you do it authentically. Yeah. And yeah, like and, you were saying, bring and, in your story. And ultimately, you know, what's beautiful, like going back to kind of the Disney analogy, it's like Disney, the reason why this company as a corporation has existed as long as it has, good and bad, mm-hmm. is because they put their customers first. They yes. put the experience, and they don't even call them customers. They call them guests, right? Right. right. They put their guests first. Mm-hmm. And that is so, to me, the thing that unlocks for a lot of my clients is when they stop making it about them. Mm-hmm. They've been consumers for so long that they forget that the person making the content isn't making content for the person making the content. They're making it for their audience. Right. Right. And if you don't know who your audience is and you don't know why you're doing it and the purpose and what it's driving to, and you don't know what stories you want them to, to gain knowledge and experience from your own personal life, then you're going to constantly get burnt out. You're going to constantly get stuck and you're going to constantly not have fun. Yeah, very true. And what you just said about like the purpose that the, that the content is driving to. So Sure. We ultimately want to make money. Yes, we want to convert website visitors to paying clients. We, if we're creating content as a way to make money, then then yes, pure content creators may have ads on their websites, whatever. We want to make money. But like you just said, we have to be creating the content that's valuable It needs to be helpful. It has to serve the people who are reading the blogs, listening to the podcasts. We're not doing it for our health, though. I have a driving need to create. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm an artist, I'm a writer, and I want to create anyway. Same. So, like your clients as well, they're creative. So they're gonna they're gonna create. Yes. And and like the professional artist in me who paints and and does film work, that's for me, yeah. even though, you know, I also sell, but I'm not creating that with the, in the, the viewer in mind, mm-hmm. that's different. But when we're creating content to share with the reader, you know, the, the listener, that's different. We have to create it for them. Correct. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's ultimately because no no one's consuming social media for you. Like they're consuming it yeah. for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you have to give them something that they feel seen, they feel related to, or they feel like they're learning something. So I always say there's three three things that need to happen, right? You need to educate, entertain, or inspire, mm-hmm. right? So yep. if you're not doing one of those three things, you're probably doing it wrong. Like it, it yeah. needs to be about them. If you want to grow your following. And so um, I think that it's interesting too with artists, it's it's a struggle, you know, for a lot of the artists I work with because of what you were just saying, like they want to just paint and not think about who they're painting for, mm-hmm. right? They want to sing and not think about who they're singing for, which is fun, which is great. Like I, I usually I say to, to some of those people, then you don't, if, if you don't want to serve an audience, then social media is probably not the great place, a great place to be. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Stop, you know, we all, 
tend to buy into other people's rules, you'll hear somebody say, well, if you want to grow, you got to be on social media. That's not true. I know right. plenty of Tony winning Oscar nominated actors who are not on social media, right? I know yeah. plenty of painters who make a great living not being on social media, yeah. but you do need to decide what you're going to do to market your business if you do want to make money doing that. So right. social media is just one of the easiest and current ways to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but that's... <laughs> no, that's it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So you do both a blog and a podcast as well, don't you? Yeah. So I have my own podcast, the Creative Visibility Podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I also have a personal brand with my husband called Broadway Husbands, which now has about 70,000 uh, Instagram followers. And mm. so we do, I do YouTube content and Instagram content for that channel. YouTube content, my podcast for my own channel. Mm -hmm. um, and believe it or not, I still audition here and there. So mm. it's been, it's been a fun balance of figuring out how to do all of this. And then I'm mm -hmm. sure it's all going to change in a few weeks when we have a baby, but you know, right. it's all, um, part of the adventure, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is a lot of content yes. for you to be creating between yes. the blog, YouTube, the podcast about how often do you publish content? So I try to publish, uh, not the, including social media. So the, the actual content. So I try to do, um, you know, I try to go live once a week I kind of the way I, and this is what I teach with my clients is kind of this hierarchy of content. Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea is that you do one long form piece of content. So whether you like to blog or do video, um, or even, you know, for, for me, i like to choose one form, right? So mm -hmm. I do a long form. I like video. I can talk for, for a long time. I love <laughs> to talk. So I will do, I will go live on a topic typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, it used to be on Facebook. Now I'm shifting over to YouTube. So mm -hmm. I stream that. So I'm getting one piece of content out of that. I will nice. then send that and get it um, translated or uh, transcribed. Mm -hmm. um, that transcription will get edited into a blog. I will then mm -hmm. take that video and splice it down into snippets for Instagram reels or Instagram mm -hmm. video. Um, and then we'll take three to five minutes of that and put that up on YouTube. So it just depends mm -hmm. on the content and where I feel like it fits my audience. But really what I try to do is minimize the work, get that one base piece of content that I can then split up and use in multiple ways. That's awesome. Yeah. I have talked about that before, but not in that exact way about, you know, do a podcast and then repurpose it, you know, do a broad topic, pod podcast or blog a broad topic and then chop it up into several more specific um, subjects to blog or podcast about. And yeah. And one of the best ways and... I say with clients who are just starting out maybe is I'll start and say, Hey, listen, do a summit or do mm -hmm. a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what if I can't get people? You're not doing it for people there, right? You're doing it for content. Mm -hmm. So if, Two people are there, great. If five people are there, 500 people, whatever, it doesn't matter. Line yeah. up for a full week, do three interviews a day or three pieces mm -hmm. of topics a day, record everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's kind of how it started for me in getting my content out there. 
-hmm. What I love about interviewing people too, and this is why the podcast is great. I film the podcast. We can use mm -hmm. those snippets on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. So constantly getting as much content out of everything. Mm -hmm. But um, what I what I tr tell people is like, do a, do an event, make an event out of it. So you build a library. Because the truth is like, people aren't paying as much attention as everyone thinks they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I could That's share right. the same piece of content that I shared three months ago. And, pe and I get yes. an email from somebody going, oh, this is amazing. When did you do this? It's like, this is yes. the second or third time I've actually shared this piece of content. And they just yes. didn't even realize it. Yes. Well, and people aren't ready all the time. Correct. Correct. So you share something right now. And they weren't ready to to hear it. Mm -hmm. You share it at another time, they'll be ready then. And you have new people joining your community. So they didn't have the opportunity to hear it then. They'll have the opportunity when you share it again in the future. Yeah. Yep. I used to feel so it's like, no, I will never share a piece of content twice. Yep. And now I'm like, of course I will. Of course. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. those people who are like, well, I'm not going to, I need a different outfit every day. Like, girl, I've worn this sweater, this gold sweater that I'm wearing right now. I have worn so many times. It's become like a signature piece. And then somebody yes. will actually be like, I love that gold on you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It does look great on you. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yes. Why can't we have, yes, signature no piece, you know, no a, a uniform. Yes. It's no one's. Totally. No, you know, it's like somebody said, uh, what, what what is that quote? It's like, uh, I think it was Oprah said this. I think it's, People don't remember what you did, but they remember how you made them feel. Exactly. Yep. And those rules don't change versus in person and on social media. It's the same thing. Yep. yep. Totally. Uh, all right. So obviously you recommend that everyone create content. Ex unless, okay. Uh, let me take back that obvious because you just gave the exception of artists who are like, no, I don't want to be on social media because they don't care as much about connecting with. Yeah. Yeah. So who should, then who should create content? I mean, I think. Who do you recommend? Let me get, let's get rid of that word should. There's no should. No should right? all over ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But I think that if you have an impulse to reach a bigger audience, if you know you can make a bigger impact, if you're consuming content, this, mm -hmm. I like to tell the people this, if you're consuming content, you should be creating content. Great. Love that. Because yeah. you're, it, it's sort of like, you know, when we're buying things or how people say you vote with your dollars, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You, you're, if you're giving money to organizations whose values don't align with yours, then you're actually contributing to the problem, right? True. It's the same with consuming content. Like if you're consuming a ton of content and not creating content, you're actually not adding your own voice to the world. You're not adding your own voice to the mix and your voice matters. Yes. There's a reason you're consuming this content it's because you see yourself in that content. Mm -hmm. So you might as well, start to put your own voice out there in whatever way that 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 is for you that can help somebody else because mm -hmm. if you're feeling a certain way in your consumption 
guaranteed there's somebody else feeling the exact same way that you are. And you can help that person today if you put absolutely. your voice out there. Yep, absolutely. It's like when people are wondering about, should I start this business? There are already too many life coaches. There are already too many website designers. There are already too many whoever's, whatever's, too many businesses like this. No, no, no it's like, that's an excuse. It's, it's, it's resistance. It's the, imposter, yes. it's the imposter syndrome. It's imposter. It's fear. Yeah. I always say, I always use the analogy that like, I love Mexican food. I do. Mm. I grew up in Texas, Me right? too. I'm not going to eat at one Mexican restaurant. I'm going to go to. I do have my favorites, but yes. Of course. But then like, I'm not going to be like, if somebody's like, let's go to this one. I'm not going to be like, no, I only eat at this one. Maybe like, great. Uh Let's try it. Let's do it. I love Mexican food. Yes. Their salsa may kick ass (laughs) and I'm not going to miss out on that. Or queso. (laughs) Come on. So like margaritas. So like, yes, there's probably other people doing it. Everything's been done before. Even West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet. It's the same thing. So that all the more reason for you to put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. No one has said what you're going to say just the way you're saying saying it. it. Yeah. Like you said, Earl, we need your voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your perspective, your thoughts, your feelings on it. You know, the more personal you make the content, the more perspective you get it, give it the better, the more it's going to resonate with people and connect with people. I love that you said that earlier. It's not just a matter of what teaching, you know, you don't want to sound didactic, certainly not all the time. You know, Lord knows I do at plenty. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to really make the connection with people. Yeah. People, you know, like think about, so I did this really cool immersive experience last week. It was the Frida Kahlo immersive oh, experience. Yeah. It, there's one with Van Gogh and now mm-hmm. there's this one with Frida Kahlo. And like, I don't know Frida Kahlo's work. I I didn't, I, I've seen some of it, you know, recognize it because there's so many self portraits, but what people love about Frida is not her paintbrushes. It's not the strokes in her paintings. It's her story. Yeah. It's who she is and what she represented and the things that she did. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the life that she led, the the fact that she was in an accident and she had to overcome that. And her mess was her message. Yeah. Right. And we all have that ability. Like there's a lot of great painters out there, but they're not Frida. Right. Right. You, your story and that, so I always kind of use this, these two terms you can have on social media in order to grow or in your brand and growing your, your following or getting more people coming into your sphere. You have to bridge the gap between your credibility, your skill set, and the training and all that and your vulnerability. Yes. Your ability to connect with people and be seen, that Brene Brown mm-hmm. part of us. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people we know who just share their credibility. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't care. Like, I, I don't need to learn more how to make better Instagram stories. Right. Yeah. Why should I learn from you? Yeah. Right. But then we also know there's people who only share their vulnerability. It's like, right. oh my gosh, you're just like dumping your emotions on here. And I don't know who you are, or what you do. 
Yeah. So the people who are perfectly balanced in both of those things are the people who really break through mm -hmm. and become known. Yeah. And that's, that's tough to do. Obviously. It takes, it takes yeah. practice. It takes trying, yeah. it takes trying and maybe even failing sometimes and yes. not getting it right until you do get it right. It's like making the perfect recipe. Yeah. Yeah. And that trial and error and failing sometimes that's okay. You yeah. know, everyone, everyone has it. I made a, an Instagram reels this morning. That's literally like, um, you got, you have to suck first in order to be good. Or That's I forget great. what it's like in order to get even like remotely good at something, you kind of have to suck at it first. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, like the, the biggest and the best out there started out sucking, you know, the major influencers that we follow and admire, they started out sucking. They started out with big failures and just kept at it. And so, yeah, I used to be, I mean, I'm still kind of a perfectionist, but I used to be really afraid of vulnerability to the point that, you know, like I wouldn't ask questions in class if mm. they were going to make me look stupid, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And then realized, you know, there are other people out there who have the same question and are probably holding back too. And so if I ask, I won't, I probably won't look stupid. Some people will still think I look stupid, whatever, screw them. You know, there are other, there are going to be other people who are going to thank me for this. And that kind of feedback loop ended up making me become more and more vulnerable and real and closer to people. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. I think that, you know, in my head, I've always just always come from this place of what do I have to lose? Right. That's always, that's great. And that's easy for, for me to say, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm right. I've just always been like, whatever, like life's too short. Go mm -hmm. for it, take the adventure. That's that's and I understand that there's mm -hmm. people's trauma and there's not just trauma, you know, with a capital T, but there's those little T traumas of mm -hmm. societal traumas or cultural traumas, which is again why I help the LGBTQ community, because we mm -hmm. all have suffered societal traumas, of course. I think women suffer that at a, at a great level as well. Um, you know, and of course, minority groups. So yeah. we, but everyone, regardless if it's a capital T or a lowercase T trauma, it gets in the way of us yeah. really going for that thing that we want. But yeah. the truth is everyone has it, no matter the size or no matter the capital letter or lowercase. And you don't win a prize or, you know, you're, you, you're, you can still relate to people mm -hmm. no matter the size of that. And there are people who need that message. And so for yeah. me, I just think that if you can as much as possible know that there's nothing to lose, there's mm -hmm. nothing to lose in trying and putting it out there and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Very true. And the people who will end up resonating and being helped. They'll find it just you. just feels so good. They will find you. They'll find yeah. you. And gosh, that to me, that's like what life is about. It's about service. Yeah. It's about helping others. Everyone just wants to feel seen and feel connected. Yeah. And we, we have such a great opportunity to do that now in our lives. Yes. Yeah, we really do. I mean, for all of the, the ill that can come out of social media... I just 
don't leave simply because of the positive that comes out of it, the connections and, mm-hmm. and the, the opportunity to help and do good. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Ain't leaving. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you've shared so many good tips. Do you have any, like, any really succinct, specific tips you want to share with listeners? Specifically on... Built- well, let's say, yeah. Um, how about social media then? Since yeah. we were just talking about that. I believe social media, if you want to be successful at social media, posting and creating content needs to become a habit not an event. Mm -hmm. And so if it still feels like a whole three act play to make a piece of content on social media, you have got to simplify. You have got to uh, stop overthinking it. And you've got to get to a place where you know it can be just as easy as brushing your teeth. It can be Mm. just as easy as putting your contacts in, you know, it can be just as simple and easy as getting up, getting on the bike, working out, whatever those things are that you do that create healthy habits, Mm -hmm. you have to attach this to that. If you, if growing your following and becoming a content creator is your goal. Mm. That's awesome. I tell you that, like, I have not <clears throat> gotten back to doing, I, back as in from when I was a life coach, however many years ago. Um, <clears throat> so I have not gotten back into doing any video on social media. I have videos on my website, tutorials, but I haven't been doing any social media videos yet. So what you're saying, uh, I know to be true, but I'm like, Oh, it does not feel that simple. It's, it's, you know, doing the, uh, visuals where I go into Adobe creative cloud express and I create visuals, even multiples, you know, for, for Instagram up to 10, you know, and I write stuff. Well, that's easy for me because I love writing. Now I do love talking obviously, but to pull out the video and the light and get everything set up and, and do I trust the mic and my computer or do I pull out the lavalier, which I do have, it's a production. It is. (laughs) And, And I know that people say, screw all that. Just whip out the the phone. I have a stand for my iPad or phone. Just throw it on there and do the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. yes. Or, you know, how can you, like, to me, I always say to people, it's like, okay, this is like, for, for instance, I have a client who is a YouTuber and he's still editing his videos. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I can get these videos out in time. I'm like, stop editing your videos. What are you doing? He's like, well, they're my videos. I was like, there are, there are people who get paid to do this, like pay them right. to do it, right? Or, you know, for me, like even if you really want this content creation to be part of your life and then how do you create a habit out of it? Okay, if it's a full production, every time I have to go to make it, how do I make it less of a production? 
Yeah. I'm going to have to set up a station in a corner and tell people this is my, my station, right. Or whatever it is, you know, for me, it was yeah. like finally having an office. I lived in New York city for 22 years, never had this kind of space, but to yeah. be able to show up and just press record, how do you simplify, simplify, simplify? You are correct. Yes. I should never take down the light kit. Just set up, up in a be- corner. It might be annoying and yeah. ugly, but like, that's your yeah. job. That's your business. Yeah. You're correct because it's the, it's the process of set, even though it's quick and easy, it's two little lights. <laughs> it's yeah. two little lights that it's- stand on the, the, the table and boom. So yeah, just remove the bottleneck, right? Just remove it. Just go for it. Yeah. All right. All right. That's what I've learned. All right. So I will challenge myself to, um, I can't wait to see what you make. Ooh. Y'all are hearing it here first. So <laughs> this time next week, I will have a video up on social media. <laughs> I don't know what I'll be doing. Not promising length or content. Just, I will have one of me. I can't of wait me. to see it. Yes. Cool. Excellent. Wow. Oh my goodness. All right. What else do we have? This is awesome. No, I think that was, that was uh, it as far as I, you have shared so much great stuff. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you being here and being so generous with your time and content. I love it. I love talking about this. I am so happy to, to meet you. I'm so excited that we're now in each other's circle. So can't wait to Me see too. what we build. Well, I, yeah, this is just fabulous. Uh, y'all can find Brett online at brettschufer.com. I will put that link in the show notes. I will also link to your social media Great. accounts as well. Yeah. Put all that there. Thank you. So I would love to read y'all's thoughts on this episode. You can leave comments on this episode's post on my website, link in the show notes, of course. I'll be back next week with more branding design and business tips.